0: Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we are basking in the afterglow of an intense revival in the Spirit, and we are still looming and standing on holy ground. The spirit you feel here is a residual. Twelve baskets left over of the divine prophetic word of God that was spoken into our lives, this church. And I thank God for what I feel, Brother Foster. You can't get this on a Friday night anywhere in the world. You can't get this on a Saturday night. We live for different reasons for the weekend. We all look forward to the weekend, absolutely, but for different reasons. So I welcome you to a Apostolic Church today. If you're streaming with us online, God bless you for being here, getting here any way you can. I think God honors that when you cannot actually get to the house of God. So thank you for your faithfulness. It's been mentioned in our video, Pastor Mark mentioned it, but let me just kind of give you a little quick recap. This October 3rd and two Sundays, we are doing a Won't You Be My Neighbor. I'll be preaching a special message and each one of you as you came in, hopefully you ended up with a rubber band pack of 10 invites and we're asking you, the purpose of that is to invite 10 of your neighbors, your friends, your family, your coworkers to this special day that we're going to introduce a new neighbor to them. So I need your help because here's what I know, that I know people you don't know and you know people I don't know. So if we farm our friends and neighbors, the glory of the Lord does the rest. We've only given you 10. If you don't have 10 friends, family, or neighbors, you need to come see me. Something's not right. I'm hoping somebody said, 10? I need 40, man. I'm popular. Quote the words of my granddaughter, I'm famous. I'd not 10. That's an insult. But these aren't to be thrown in your trunk. These aren't to be thrown on your dashboard. But please help us. The following Sunday on the back, you'll see I'll be going into a series called Hope is Here. We have t-shirts coming in that say Hope is Here. You can help champion the cause. So we're just saying, hey, help us get these out. Two Sundays, we're giving you two weeks. Give your friends and family two weeks to get ready, clear their schedule, and we'll be preaching a special, special message on that Sunday. Won't you be my neighbor? I might get inspired and preach with a cardigan and tennis shoes. Maybe you can sing the song back to me as I come to the pulpit. Won't you be my neighbor? We'll figure all that out. Just get your friends here. We'll make them laugh. Maybe in some cases, the Spirit will make them cry and come and ask for a fresh start. Amen. And I hope to introduce to them, and maybe in some of your cases, a neighbor that loves you. Praise God. If you're able to stand, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, 1 Peter The writer says, as obedient children. I hear pages turning all weight. Make sure I'm in the word, folks. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance. When I zoom out and just look at that, it tells me lust is ignorant. Anyway, that's not my message. But as he which called you is holy, someone shout holy. Holy. So be ye holy in all manner. Shout back in all manner manner. of conversation because it is written. Be ye holy for I am holy. As obedient children I'm preaching to this morning. We do not fashion ourselves according to our former lusts of ignorance or our former life or former desires or former traits or former habits because we are called by the Holy One to be holy. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach to you, i want to touch your heart today on this title, me-centric or God-centric me-centric or God-centric. Heavenly Father, we have coming off a revival of an incredible prophetic word of prophecy. I pray somehow, God, in my frail being that I can continue the prophetic word to help us, God, be holy and ready to receive and to look for the open door of the supernatural. As I guide this church through the hills of the supernatural, the mountaintops, and probably even some valleys, that we as a church, as a body of believers, apostolic coalition, that we will stay faithful and focused. Unctionize me, God. I rebuke any distraction. Those that are streaming online, I rebuke anything that would come against them in their home, cause them to walk away and lose interest. But I pray that the Spirit will tether us to what thus saith the word of the Lord today. Do a work in our midst. We're looking, we're hungry, we're craving. Let it be so in Jesus' name. And could you seal the prayer with an amen? Amen, amen. amen. God bless you for standing this morning. You may be seated. The question that I ask, am I living in a world that is me-centric or God-centric? In a random hallway inside KFC headquarters, Inside their legal department, across from a copy machine, next to a shelf that stores three stacks of paper, and probably the saddest Keurig machine in existence is a broom closet. That's what it looks like. Actually, it's the vault that hides the KFC's biggest secret, the colonel's original recipe. KFC goes to, extremes to measure, and extreme measures to keep the original recipe a secret. Only one person in the world knows the combination for the safe, and only two people know which 11 herbs and spices actually go into the Colonel's secret recipe and how much of each. In fact, KFC purposely uses two different companies to make the recipe for them. One company does one part, and the other company does the other part, and then a computer processing system blends it all together because it's so secretive. For what it's worth, the safe is more intimidating than it looks the security is layered with an onion like laser. The sad empty exterior hides the thick cement walls and another safe and probably more secure measures that might include lasers, sharks, or laser sharks. To their credit, no one has found it because no one is able to get to it. It's behind a wall, it's a secondary entrance. It means that you have to step through the legal department of KFC to find the recipe. You see Kentucky fried chicken has a special recipe. It is locked away. It is extremely valuable to the, who they are. It is guarded. It is the success of their chicken chain. The recipe is what sets them apart from others like Popeyes Pie and Church's chicken. KFC doesn't change the recipe for health reasons. KFC has not changed their recipe for cultural whims or passing fads or otherwise. The recipe has been proven, and all franchisees must abide by the 11 herbs and spices, and they are not allowed to change the recipe whatsoever. Maybe one says, I don't like pepper. You can't delete pepper from the recipe. I don't like seasoned salt, you, or I like seasoned salt. You can't add seasoned salt. If you live close to the border in Latin America, you cannot add a dash of tapatio (laughs) to the recipe. No, you can't add two dashes of lemon pepper down in Mexico. It's KFC. You can't be a franchisee if you don't follow their proven recipe. It's the 11 herbs and spices that makes it KFC, period. I'm preaching to you this morning about a me-centric life or a God-centric life. We have some parallels also like KFC as Pentecostals. Some non-negotiable things that have been handed down and proven as biblical values and truths and beliefs from the apostolics that we, the church... The franchisee, if I could say, do not have the power to change what thus saith the word of God. We do not have the power to tinker with the recipe in the book of Acts from the apostles doctrine, from what they believe. That is who we are. We are a church of apostolic believers, and that's what sets us apart from any other church in this city, in this county, and in this state. It's what I would call the recipe that came from the day of Pentecost that was poured out upon all And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, it's not only for them back in Jerusalem, but it's for me and you and other generations and your grandkids. And it's a recipe, my friend, that has been proven. Can you shout, Amen? Amen. Amen. We are a church that believes in the apostolic doctrine, the whims, and the culture. The political climate and the pressure from government cannot squash out the recipe. It is preserved, Brother Jim, and hidden in our hearts of mankind. It's what we believe. Can I just preach to you this morning? You need to have some convictions that are non-negotiable, that exceed beyond and drill deeper than the word of God. The word of god is a starting place it's a minimum it's not a maximum because god says hey he is holy we shall be holy he is righteous we shall be righteous and it is an apostolic distinctive that sets this church apart from any other church it's our worship it's our preaching it's our belief in the word of god and it's our belief in the apostolic doctrine that had came from the apostles in the book of acts and it has stood the time atheist professors curriculum quote unquote wannabe theologians have tried to disprove this apostolic doctrine and heritage for 2,000 years. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, that the gospel is alive and the gospel still works and the gospel has not changed, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a proven factor that he can change a life, he can rebuild a marriage, he can touch a mind, and I'm not going to tinker with what the apostle said was, thus saith the word of God. This recipe does work. Can you shout amen? Amen. So I conclude nowhere in the course of time can we deviate from the Apostles' doctrine. No generation, no person, no culture, no fad, no government shall rewrite this precious doctrine. Nothing, no weapon formed against us shall. Prosper this doctrine, this heritage, this holiness lifestyle, this separation from the world. We must guard it in our hearts and our minds and our spirit. We must protect our families from the worldly pressures and influences. Why? Because the gospel is true and the apostolic message is valid and it sets us apart and it saves us and it changes our lives. It's been happening for over 2,000 years. When I owned my print shop in San Diego, I had the privilege of printing for the Jack in the Box Corporation up on Balboa, just off the 163. And a friend of mine worked there, and I toured the facilities on several times and picking up job orders, and we printed coupons that said two free tacos. They ordered 100,000 of them. They were going to the restaurants and the franchisees throughout the U.S., I had to agree that we would not steal the coupons we're printing, have some guys in the print shop show up. And yes, I'll have 80 tacos, please. Here's 40 coupons. I had to tell the guys, if you steal anything, Jack in the Box will come after you. Don't jeopardize this. He took me back, and then the Jack in the Box facility there on Balboa in the 163 area, they had a gym they had a My Jack, and in there, Brother Foster, was a Jack-in-the-box store that you could just walk up and order for lunch. They had a very cool, I'll say, patio picnic area. You could eat Jack-in-the-box all you wanted. My friend was connected with the social, not the social media, that was long before that, but just the advertising, designing the signs, what they would call the POP, the point of Purchase, when you. Drive up to Jack in the Box, you got all the colored signs, and there's a science to why the sodas are here, and the and this is here, and the Jumbo Jacks are here, and the two tacos are here. There's a science to all that, and took me back, and we ordered at the My Jack, and I ate there, but we realized that in the hamburgers for Jack in the Box is what they call their secret sauce. And it's a secret, and I asked Joe, Joe, what's the secret? I don't know. You work here. They don't tell us it's a secret it's part of their dna of what they put on those hamburgers and those cheeseburgers in and out calls theirs a spread secret spread mrs fields has her own recipe for the cookies olive garden you like that soup the toscano soup how do you make that come on somebody how about we just shut it down and go to olive garden We're going to worry about this stuff later. But you could Google whatever you want. Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookies. Jack in the Box's secret sauce. KFC's 11 herbs and spices. In-N-Out sauce. The soup descontrol at Olive Garden. And you're going to get something on the Internet. But it's going to be a forgery or a wannabe. It's going to be makeshift because I know these companies value and protect and that's what sets them apart. They're not going to put that on the internet. You can't just Google, hey, I'm as smart as KFC now. Why do they lock it behind all that stuff? What's pastor preaching on this deep, dark secret back there? I just found it. I just Googled while he was preaching. I can make KFC chicken when I get home, bless God. No, you can't because no company makes it available to the public. And it's the same way with us. You can't just Google some doctrine out there and think you found a shortcut. Mm, you might, you might, I'm gonna preach over here for a little bit. You can't just Google some doctrine or religion and think you can find some way to shortcut yourself into the holy of holies because somebody somewhere in some other land put up something on the internet that you don't know who they are and the origin of who they are. And then you begin to think that's a doctrine. You don't know where, no, no, no. You don't get the real deal on the internet, my friend. And you can welcome to invite me over for soup descano, but it's not the real deal because you made it yourself and you don't get their recipe on the Internet. It may be similar. It may taste very close. But you didn't get it from all of Gordon Cor- Corporate. You're not in tight, that tight with them. And if you're trying to get an apostolic experience without separating from the world and getting on Google and the Internet... And trying to find out how can I be apostolic without speaking in tongues? How can I be apostolic without being holy? Ha- mm, somebody, come here, let me help you now. Come on, we're coming off a revival. I thought Brother Kleins did an amazing job. And I said, you know what? Our church is ready to hear this now. Our hearts are tender. Our ears are cleaned out to the voice of God. So you can't just Google something and think, hey, I'm saved now. You got to go back to the original manuscript. Thankfully for us in the world in this day and age, it's not locked up. But there are some third world countries, they can't get to this. And they got to trust that someone's telling the truth. You don't have to trust me this morning, Brother Dorval. You can go in and say, you know what? He's right. I read it for myself. It's the real deal. It's the real, real. Hey, the God's coming back for a church that is without spot or blemish or wrinkle, and I'm separating my family from the world, and we're not listening to that kind of music. We're not watching that junk on TV. We're not bringing that into our ears and our spirits. Why? Because we have been earmarked, and I'm living a God-centric life. Me-centric satisfies me. I'm the sun, and everybody evolves around me and my solar system. You're conceited. You're narcissistic. Can I break it down one level further? You're stupid. Maybe that was too long, sorry. You're not good. You're delusional. Everybody sees it but you. No, when I'm living a God-centric life, when that is the centerpiece, brother, foster of who I am, you're going to see God through me. You're going to see God the way I talk. You're going to see God the way I live. You're going to see God the way I dress. You're going to see God the way I give. You're going to see God the way I mm, the way I raise my kids and my family. You're going to see God by what I let in my life and in my home. My conversation with people is pure and honest and godly. My inti- yeah, why? Because it's God-centric. That's what you see that, that permeates from who I am. Every aspect of my body is a God-centric life, and I can't get that flirting and leaning in the world and their devices and their carnality and their ungodliness. I'm going to find that, and I'm going to revalidate that in the holy of holies, not someplace that's ungodly. So the challenge is to live a God-centric life. And good for us, we're coming out of revival. God laid this on my heart. Let me just tell you a little bit about this. I got this thought about KFC, Brother Gustavo, last year. I saw something, I read something. I just kind of put it in my notes. Ah, I'm gonna preach out someday. I like the analogy. I don't know how I'm gonna make it, Brother Chavez, but you know, leaven, herbs and spices, secretive, Ooh, spooky. I can preach that. I just put it on my notes. And I'm in this revival with Brother Kleinditz. You ever heard of him? <laughs> and this message thing starts coming to my mind through all of his preaching, Brother Kleindance. Maybe I'm supposed to preach this on Sunday. All I have is the Loving Herbs and Spices, KFC locked away. I don't know. I got to figure that out, but it sounds cool. So I'm here with Brother Kleindance, His wife's here. I'm taking him to lunch. I don't have to worry about preaching until Sunday, but man, time's slipping away. I got to get him to the airport. So I take him to the airport on Thursday. And I said, I got to get to a computer, man. I just got to download. Now this has never happened to me before. Pastoring 22 years almost. Brother Foster, got Brother Kleindentz off. He's good. He's airborne. My wife's gone somewhere. I'm home by myself. I sit down at my computer, folks. I kind of open up my little note thing to get my juices going with this KFC stuff. And I said, God, I need to make a connection. This is what's never happened to me before. Brother Gustavo, I sat down, and for three straight hours, I typed. I, I really, I was having like an out body I was looking at my fingers again, man, those things are anointed. I feel like my mind's drifting because I'm em, enamored by my fingers, and I type six pages of notes. So we should be done about six tonight, but it's a, but I'm bringing in KFC for you, so just everybody settle down. And Brother Ron French, in three hours, I stood up and I pushed my chair in and said, "Woo, I'm done, let's have church but I had to go back and refresh my memory. But I'm just telling you, God downloaded after the revival into my spirit. All I had was some hodgepodge KFC bullet points that I got to figure out how to, what does that have to do with church and people? I don't know yet. But when I pulled up to that computer with God on my mind, we got through the revival. I've been hanging over Brother the Kleindins. I drop him off. I get back. So I'm just telling you, my friend, God is trying to reach somebody that you have been living a me-centric life. And God said, hey, it's all about me. If you put me first, if you seek me first, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll do what's best. But there's some things that you must do. And we have Pentecostal agreement here that God is going to help us that we believe in holiness. We believe in separation from the world. We still believe in modesty. I believe We believe in honesty. We believe in purity. We believe in holy living. We believe in sacrifice. We believe in giving. What is that? That's part of our 11 herbs and spices of what who we are that sets us apart. We believe in commitment. We expect to be in the house of the Lord when the doors are open, not when it's convenient, not when I'm bored, not when I have nothing to do, not... What am I doing? I'm sacrificing to be holy before God. So when I step into the holy of holies, unlike the Old Testament, God doesn't strike me dead, either spiritually or proverbially or literally, but I'm going to step in and hear the voice of God because I've separated myself. Why? Because I have a God-centric life. So although it's an old-fashioned word, we still believe in submission here. Submission to the word of God. Submission to the voice of God. You ready for this one? I Let the boot drop on the last one. Submission to the man of God. Oh, that's old school. Yep, that's old school. You're right. If you don't submit to the man of God, why do you need a man of God? Well oh, that's not Bible. Oh yes it is. You don't know your Bible. Seven times Elijah told him, hey, go look. It's a cloud coming. Nothing. The servant, the armor bearer, runs back out. Seven times. But you see, well, it's a, it's a cloud the size of a man's hand. This is a man's hand. And if this is in the sky as a cloud, I don't even know how you could see it. The point is, it was little. But the servant obeyed the man of God. Let me back up. The servant submitted to the man of God. Elisha tells Naaman, go dip seven times. Talk about a God-centric. We talk about we still believe in the man of God, the word of God, and the voice of God. Name and go dip seven times. In fact, Name and Spirit was so tested, the man of God didn't even get up and come to the door. I'm in the Word now. In our language, it'd be like you come to my house. Hey, Pastor, I need I need to be healed. Nixon, go tell him to go back home and lay down. My Papa said, "You go home." <laughs> Bam! Close the door. But the man of God told a servant of God to tell the person in need. The only thing that activates that miracle is submission. Now, I understand, James, it can be misused. It can be exploited. But I'm preaching a pure, unadulterated doctrine this morning of submission. Brother Kleinden said, we're looking for the invisible prophetic doors to unlock. It's submission that unlocks the miracle. It's submission that unlocks the answer. It's submission that answers the question. Nowadays, the voice of the man of God in churches has become optional. Wasn't that way back in the day, Brother Foster? Can I tell somebody, and you're streaming with us, we believe in the new birth experience. Yes. That's part of our 11 herbs and spices in our recipe. Yes. Repentance. Yes. Turn from your ways. Go your way and sin no more. Right. Right. Baptism in the name of Jesus. Right. Right. With your sins being washed away according to the word of God and the infilling of the Holy Spirit as God fills you with his spirit inside and he locks that recipe away with his spirit to help preserve you from the call of the world. This is what sets us apart from the other chicken franchises, or churches. It's our core beliefs, our values. It's the apostolic way. I was new at pastoring. I didn't know. I was naive. I was trying to accelerate Brother Foster an impact in the city. So I called a deno- non-denominal church in the city that was running 800. And I wanted to meet with a pastor to just to intrigue myself. How do you get 800 people to come to this church? I don't know. At that time, I was struggling to get 100 people. So I set up a meeting with him. I remember, Brother Chavez, we met on Winchester at the Farmer Boys. I haven't been back since. I have (laughs) PTSD. But wait, the story gets better. So we meet, and we talk. Hey, what do you do? How do you do, church? He goes, well, how do you do, church? And I tell him, I'm an apostolic. I'm a third-generation Pentecostal. We believe in holiness and separation from the world. And then he made something, comment, that fired me up. And I knew it were, it's, it's over. He goes, oh, you believe in holiness, do you? And I, I, my spirit detected sarcasm. And then, Brother Ron, I was mad that I bought our lunch. I wasted 30 bucks. Should have just ate my own lunch and saved 20 I could tell my ears were warm. I, I know, I know myself. I think, oh God, don't let me blow up Mount Saint Helen. I'm getting ready to blow. So he says, "You see that lady in the red dress over there? And she had a red dress on, and it was sleeveless. And this brother Foster, when I was about, I, I, where, where I teed off golf ball, I mean teed off, <laughs> but kind of the other two. He goes, oh, so she's not going to hell, heaven." Man, that fired me up. I said, why do you say? She's like, oh, you believe in holiness. So I said, well, what do you think holiness is? And he tells me. And I said, well, this is what I think holiness is. And then I say this. So let me ask you a question. I could tell I'm getting mad. I'm thinking, you know what? If we're going to fight, I'm going to win. I don't care. You run 800, I run 80. But I got the Holy Ghost. Now, right now, you might not think I have it, but somewhere back in here, I do. I used to have it before I came to lunch. I'll pick it up when I leave. But right now, oh, well, because I'm trying to live God. So he's running 800 without exaggeration. I'm running 80. So, well, let me ask you a question. Every Sunday, do you have a move of God in your church? He goes, what do you mean? And then, I'm sorry, I said it, you don't know what a move of God is? What do you mean? I'm thinking, no, oh, man. I I know it's David and Goliath, but at least if I die, I die kicking and swinging. You don't know what a move of God is? And then I feel like, okay, you can be sarcastic. I can be, and then I feel, okay, calm down. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Uh Uh-huh. This isn't even part of my message, so let me get through. Brother Dorval is egging me on, and I'm, we are going to be here till six o'clock because still got four more pages. That the anointed fingers typed. Brother Dorval, for the sake of people's lunch, quit popping off because it it, it, it eggs me on. Right? It's like it's like a heckler in the crowd. Okay, you want to go there? Anyway, back to you. Don't know what a move of God is. Yeah, I know what a move of God is. Okay, well, what's a move? He goes, you don't have those in your church? He goes, no, not every Sunday. And I said, that's the problem. In our little dinky church of 80, we have a move of God every Sunday. And if you ever want to know what one is, you're welcome to come any Sunday, and I can show you how to have a move of God in your church. And I felt like one of those rock stars. Boom, concert's all right. And then I tried to figure out, okay, how do I get out of here? It's done. We're done. I'm done, right? But I was shocked. He said, well, we don't have a move of God every Sunday. What, in my mind, what? He motivates them. It's a motivational do good, be good. This feels good. I went to church. I soothed my conscience. Come on, let's go out and live our life now. We'll, we'll reset. We'll do it again on Sunday. We'll plug back up with a USB and charge our spiritual batteries. Then live. No, 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 no. What we preach here, my friend, is a transformational message and gospel that can change your life. On the spot, on the moment, and then God gives you the power to keep that transformation life pure and holy and God-centric to where you'll never drift back into a me-centric world. You'll never drift back into Egypt because when God steps in and God does the supernatural and I believe what God is doing, then God changes my life forever. But it's about the apostolic experience. That's what sets us apart. And because that's what sets us apart, like KFC, we have to guard that church. We have to protect our experience and our relationship. And we have to lead our family in the atmosphere, in the household, in the screens in our house, in the mobile devices, what is streaming in from Egypt and out there that is contrary to the recipe that we believe and subscribe to. You have to guard and protect it at all costs and any cost. That's what the secular world does with recipes. What am I doing with eternity? And my spouse and my kids and my grandkids and the environment and the tone that I set, Brother Foster, in my home and my lifestyle and the clothes that are in my closet, are they pleasing to God and my playlist and my conversation and my Netflix and my Hulu and my. mm, Is it God centric or me centric? You see, we foster anointed preaching and worship here, it's not a performance. It's not a rehearsal. It's not an act. It's not a script that we memorize. This is not a performance. It's an encounter with the almighty. You want a rehearsal, you want an act, you want a performance, go down to the old town theater. That's what they get paid to do. The funny thing about it is it's called drama. You want drama? Go down there. Come on, ain't nobody got time for this. Brother Foster, that one's on you, man. <laughs> but the doorbell's tapered down. He's doing, all right, we should be out by four. But we preach a transformational gospel, a message to which you can be changed yes. on the spot. Yes. Not from your good, good works, instead from your obedience or So, puestamente, submission. It's true. I don't need to know all this, Brother Frost. I got to have a little understanding, but then I'm going to submit. Old-fashioned Bible word. But if I want the things of the Bible, I better start using some of the Bible language and I better start acting like some of those people in the Bible that if I'm using them as a shining example, if I do what they did, will that happen to me? Yes, because Hebrews thirteen eight says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if I'm going to mirror, if I'm going to shadow the people in the word of God, then if I'm going to expect the supernatural, what do they do to see and receive it? Then I'm going to align myself up in alignment with God. I'm going to submit. I'm going to lean in. And then God's going to fill me and change my life for the foster and give me the power to live a God-centric life. And everything outside God is what I orchestrate, but it's all around God. Takes work. Yeah, it does. That don't happen on its own. That's why not everybody's in church. You got to want it. You got to believe it. It's the recipe. There are other choices than KFC. There are other options. There's different price points. There are other options in this city. There's different price points, different requirements, different expectations. But this apostolic doctrine that we preach and teach is tethered 2,000 years back to the day of Pentecost. The point of origin starts right there and moves now into 2021 in Old Town Temecula. And I have this purpose in my heart, Brother Foster, that we are going to preach and live and steward a God centric life. No more about me. I can't live forever. I can't fix stuff. I can't heal nobody. I can't restore anybody's heart. I can't fix nobody's marriage. But I know a God that wants to be the centerpiece of who I am and what I do that can. And change anything when i lean into that so i'm going to live and foster a god-centric life Woo! so please know if you're here and you're new everyone is welcome everyone qualifies there are no outsiders because the gospel is inclusive As you draw close to him, there are some things you may hear that he requires of you. I'm so passionate about this. Our community groups, as Pastor Mark did so well, is coming up. And the title is, You're Saved, or I'm Saved, But Wait, There's More. After you receive the new birth experience, that's the beginning, not the ending. And so we got a series by our corporate leader, I'll say, I'll use secular terms. A law degree, a theologian that wrote a book. He said there's about 10 left. His title here is Pursuing Holiness. And his videos that we're going to play, I'm going to defer to him. We're going to play him. I could never teach as well as him. He's very eloquent and very knowledgeable in the word of God. Drills very deep. And I'm going to put this church through a course to where we're going to learn what separation from the world is. We're going to learn what holiness is. We're going to learn what is God's pleased with and what is God not pleased with. And then he's going to march through these six chapters in our series. And I'm just saying there's like 10 left. You, you need this to maximize your understanding. Right. This is at best. At minimum, you need to sign up to a commu- for a community group. We came out of revival. I'm preaching a message God gave to me to type at least in three hours. And I have to massage it and put it into a legible form. But God is telling this church... And the prophetic words that have been spoken over it, if God's going to do what he says he's going to do, we've got to be in a position to be ready to look for the supernatural, the invisible door. And the more we understand about separation from the world, and the more we understand about being holy, and the more we understand about being pure and ungodly, then it sets the stage and the atmosphere for God to show up and blow it up in our lives. So that's why I've been compelled this summer, long before Brother Kleindance came, that I told our staff, I got to get us through holiness. I got to get us through purity. I got to bring an understanding. I don't want any side groups. I don't want any side lessons. I don't want any options. We have no electives this year. Everybody's going through the same course. So here there's what, 10 left, 18 bucks. I will say this. If you are so pinched and living on the nub, I'll buy your book. You need it. Because this is the course material for the class. I'm saved. Wait, there's more. That's the front end of this life. So I'm pushing. Come see me. I'll keep it confidential. I won't judge. But you got to have a book. Let me talk to you for a minute about submission to the Word of God. We had an incredible revival. It was the will of God. And he preached Wednesday. If you didn't see the Wednesday message, if you weren't here, please see the archive. And um, he preached about sowing into the kingdom or the church. And a lot of you sowed seed. But what you were doing, you were submitting to the voice of the man of God. You didn't know him, but you believed in the words. And we sowed into that. And I forget the exact phraseology, but on Thursday, he said, I've never preached this message and something to the fact that an amount has never been sown in or whatever. I forget exactly. we will have to go back and watch it. Thursday morning, I get a call from a member of this church. Pastor, I just want to tell you what happened. I sowed into the kingdom last night. They said, I sowed 50 bucks. Not a lot of money, but to me, it's a lot of money. I went online this morning to pay something. And I realized I had like $1,285 in there, which was $185. I thought I had $185. I saw a $1,100 deposit less than 12 hours after I sowed. Watch me now submitted to the voice of the man of God I didn't know what it was so I I saw there's a bunch of numbers so I I copied and pasted and I put it into Google is this like legit and he goes I found out it was a supplement deposit check of $1,100 I had no idea I didn't know anything about it I didn't know I was going to get it but it happened after the $50 was given Now, let me just, some of you, your mind's going to say, well, if he hadn't have paid the $50 would he got the $1,100, you are trying to carve God out. Amen. You see, we're never going to know because we don't think like that. In fact, those of you that didn't give, did you get 1100 bucks? Okay, it don't work, does it? I just got anointed right there. God gave me the answer. Because <coughs> that's what the devil does. The $1,100 was coming no matter what he did. You think so? So me, I gave more than 50 bucks, Brother Foster. I got on my phone. Where's my 1100? What's up with that? So no, it doesn't happen to everybody. Friday, a family comes to me. Says, God, the Lord spoke to me. And said, I want this Seed to be planted into the church. They said, "I'm going to give you a money order, but you can't give it back. It's not much, but God told me this." Is what they said: "In order for my miracle to be unlocked, I have to sow into the church's miracle." That's their words. I, that sounds powerful. They said, "God told me that." So they they they, they give it to me. I'm you know I got my body, so I. Okay, so they give me this money order. All right, I don't want to disclose too much, but it's right here. (laughs) Some of you might want them to take you to lunch, but I'm going to say they don't have no money left because they gave it to God. You need to take them to lunch. (laughs) I turn it over. It's a $5,000 money order. I'm looking. It's the real deal. Drawn from Chase. They're legit. (laughs) It's not from some internet cafe in Nigeria not from some lady that's dying and can't get her money out of a third world country like the emails I get it's the real deal I said but you need this no you need it so my miracle will be unlocked I receive it so sister Ashley this needs to be deposited tomorrow but it's just I don't know where I, I had to stick this so offer it. oh dear Lord don't let me lose her their miracle because then it's going to be locked pastor messed it up I should have just gave it to sister Ashley same day another family the mother says I'm going to give 500 again I'm not taking an offering I'm just listen to me relax come on group hug group hug I just want to tell you about the submission to the voice of the man of God that's it they're are, there are examples of obeying the man of God because the voice of God and the word of God that was shout But when it comes to a man in the mix, that's not a shoutable. Is that a word? Oh, there's a man involved. Okay, it's not legit. Okay, do what you're gonna do. A mother says to her family, I'm gonna give five hundred. The grown daughter says, Mom, I'm gonna give two hundred. Let's give seven hundred. The ten year old child says, I'm gonna give five. I got a money order here for $705. I asked, I mean, no disrespect. And I received this, but that's an odd number. And they told me I got a $500, a $200, and a $5 bill from a 10-year-old kid. Why? God spoke to me in the preaching to sow into this church. Before Friday was over, Another sister comes, says, "Pastor, it's not much. But I'm going to tell you what got me. Her exact words, I emptied my savings account. You want? It? It's 400 bucks. For the child as I thought, how long did it take her to save that? What arrested my attention and spirit was the woman with two mites. It's not much. But what got to me and drilled down was, I emptied my savings account. Why, sister? Don't you need? No, God needs it. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'm, God spoke to me. Don't worry about me, pastor. She goes, please take it. So I just stuck it in with the other two money orders. I'm walking to the lobby here to get something at the coffee bar to support them and someone catches me. Pastor, can I tell you a quick story about the revival? Sure. I felt like God told me to give at least 50 bucks. So I gave 50 bucks. I have some property acquisitions going and Gotta text the next day. The realtor texts me and said, You know what? We're gonna raise the price eighty thousand dollars. It's too low. I did my math on the calculator. Fifty dollars to eighty thousand is like a sixteen hundred dollar inc- or sixteen hundred percent increase. Do whatever, do fifty dollars times sixteen hundred and it comes to right about eighty thousand sixteen hundred dollar percent or sixteen hundred hundred sixteen hundred percent all i'm saying when you're living god-centric you do some weird things i left the secular world self-employed basically telling the secular world and my own self-employment, i got to go. That don't make sense. I know, but i I got to go. I can't be with you anymore. i got to help the kingdom. You're throwing away your talent, your skill set. You're throwing away, no, 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 no. I'm throwing it away if I don't go. That's a God-centric life, Brother Foster. 22 years later, look what God has done by me simply saying, okay. Now, that was the voice of God in my life. Let me close with this. Paul writes in Corinth, in, to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 6. You This is an easy to read version because it's easier to read. You are not the same as those who don't believe. Let me just pause. I read the King James Version for all you theologians. And I'm thinking, I don't, I, I'm not getting it, right? I bounce with the easy to read and I get a revelation. You are not the same as those who don't believe. You don't join yourself to them. Good and evil don't belong together. I'm talking about God centric. I'm talking about separation from the world. I'm talking about pursuing holiness. Light and darkness cannot share the same room. How can you be in unity between Christ and the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? God's temple cannot have anything to do with idols. And we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will live with them and walk with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So come away from the people and separate yourself from them. I'm in the word. Don't touch anything that is unclean. And I will accept you. That's what the word says right there. so I have to help our church we're not ugly, we're not rude we're not condescending, you shouldn't be, shame on you but I can't join myself with evil I can't let this church's light join with darkness I can't have unity between the will of God and the will of man and the secular world I can't have any idols, what's an idol? anything that would distract you from God Why? Because I've got to be holy. I'm calling on our church today. And I challenge you to live a holy and God-centric life. Dads, listen to me, leaders of the home, single moms, you have to start and put this in motion. Be a leader to those around you. Show them how to separate themselves from the world and live a powerful holy life. I'm challenging our church. The characteristics and underlying value I see in the scripture is not that everyone has understood or agreed on, but their willingness to believe and submit. When those two actions line up, God steps in and creates the supernatural. Believe. And submit. Where is understanding? I don't know if it's in that first step, to tell you the truth. If you have to understand everything to move forward, you're not going to go very far in life. You know what? I believe the source. What's the source? Word of God, the voice of God, and the man of God. And thank you, Brother Kleinens, for getting us ready. Setting up, in this case. Over $7,000 in my Bible I preached with this morning because God told somebody, okay? Maybe yours and you contributed and there's stories I don't know about. But this $5,000 money order was simply said because I have to sow into you to unlock my miracle. In my heart, Brother Foster, I'm thinking, man, $5,000 could unlock any miracle. That's my natural thinking. But they said to unlock, I have to let this go. I, why? God told me. Right. I can't argue with that. And so God is here speaking. And God is here moving us forward gently. The community group is a part of us. You have to sign up, folks. Hear me. You cannot lay out of this session. If you lay out of this session, I'm afraid the church is going to leave you and you're going to get stuck behind and you're going to gravel to catch up with us. You're saved. I'm not talking about heaven or hell. I'm talking about while you're still living on earth, you got to know how to live right. If you were dead and gone, then it's irrelevant. You're saved. But in the course of being dead and gone and saved, what happens here? It's the dash between my headstones. 1960, when I was born, dash, there's no date yet. So how have I lived the dash? I've lived it pure. I've lived it God-centric. I've lived it holy. How are you living the dash between birth to, we don't know when this one is, Brother Foster. God's got to help us. Stand with me this morning if you can. I'm going to pray a prophetic prayer upon us. You're watching online. I want you to, if you're able to stand and you're not sick, I want to receive this. Stand with us like we are in the building at home if you can. If you have the strength. If you're sick, I understand. I bless you to do what you got to do just to listen. The biggest thing that's blaring in my spirit right now, Brother French, is we struggle with the man of God. Voice and word, easy. As I mentioned, I believe Wednesday, because we've been hurt by men of God. So there's a little jadedness there. And for God to get through that miracle to you, we've got to get rid of the jadedness. So it's a clear, unobstructed path. How can God, God can speak to me through his word. He can speak to me personally as he has. And he can speak to me to a man of God in my life. I have three avenues to figure out what God's saying. When you close one off, you've just squashed 33% of the opportunities for God to get to you. I'm just saying, if I'm God-centric, man, the more avenues I have, the more I can stay pure and Holy. I don't, wanna, I don't want any blockage. Heavenly Father, we come humbly into the Holy of Holies with respect and awe. And God, I'm overwhelmed by the revival. I'm overwhelmed by the response of your people. But God, help me as a pastor to continue to train, to equip a God-centric church, a God-centric dad, family, adult, young person, that the things of this world will grow strangely dim as we pursue holiness and we pursue righteousness, we pursue godliness at any cost, because greater is he that is in us in this church than any force, any fad, any culture that we are going to walk through, any valley. God, I anoint the hearers of this message today but God, give them courage to make changes, to come forward, to step voluntarily into the holy of holies, God, and crave for a God-centric life. And we seek you first, and you give us the desires of our heart. I pray, God, that you bring clarity. I pray, God, that you bring stability. I pray, God, that you bring peace to every word that's been spoken this week. Let it resonate, let it blossom, let it grow, let it germinate. I cover it with a spoken word today. Every heart, every viewer, every attendee, God, continue to work like you work, God. I told a small portion of stories that there are more out there, there are more working, God. Let us not lose sight, but you will bless holy people and we will be holy. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want the old. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.